Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. to the prophecy of the one who will bring balance to the force. You believe it's this boy? He can see things before they happen. He can help you. The force is unusually strong with him. He was meant to help you. Anakin! Come on to take off! If I ever see you again, what does your heart tell you? Are you sure about this? Trusting our fate to a boy we hardly know? Anakin Skywalker, meet Obi-Wan Kenobi. I sense much fear in you. The boy is dangerous. They all sense it. Why can't you? Fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. Welcome to another Star Wars side special. This week we'll be heading once again to a galaxy far, far away to look into the past and fill in the details about Darth Vader when he was 10 years old. You know, that literally no one cares about. Yes, it's Star Wars Episode 1, The Phantom Menace. And joining me to Sith through the damage is Jedi (laughs) Master, who is here today, Qui-Gon tomorrow... Tom, uh, 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 Tom Crowley. There's Tom Crowley. That's me. He said my name. Hello. Uh, Hello. I think of myself more as your Padawan, John Rain, uh, mm. with my strange little rat tail that I, I always wear when I do these podcasts. Does that mean I have to behave incredibly recklessly throughout the entire film? 
You have to, yeah, you have to hmm. be uh, defined by two major characteristics, being incredibly sort of wise and noble and hmm. also like astonishingly careless and reckless. And naive. Well. Yeah, and sort of, yeah, weirdly naive as well, yeah. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the that's fun- how I think of you anyway. Oh, thank you very much. That's, that's the You're best welcome. thing anyone's ever said to me, including like my own Strangely, mother. petulant Liam Neeson. <laughs> he has a very particular set of skills in this film. He does. You have to uh, say one that. Of them is, one of them is having every accent at once. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, Phantom Menace, how old were you when this yes. film came out? I was 11 years old when The Phantom Menace came out, John, and I'm mm. very sorry to have to tell you that. Uh, I know that dating these things uh, upsets you sometimes. No, it's fine, it's fine. Our ages. I was now, literally as... double your age. But that's fine. Yeah, well, excellent. Yeah. Well, uh, th- luckily, you, you'll never be double my age again that's after right. that point. That's right. The, they call it the Phantom Menace uh, Equinox. That's right. Anyway, yeah. so this was, as, as mm. loyal Smirshpod listeners will know, uh, this uh, when we cover the Harry Potter films with Tom Neenan in the Snake Boys uh, side specials, mm. uh, it's, it's me coming in as the outsider, really, because I was not a Harry Potter fan. And sure. if anything, in that childish way, I you know defined myself as not being a Harry Potter fan and uh, not liking it and thinking it was rubbish. Mm. And now, as an adult, I can take a longer view of it, luckily. Now, this is the opposite of that. I was exactly the right age to be into this. Like, I was going to say. Yeah. Totally into this. Mm. Yeah, perfect. Phantom Menace, 11 years old, spot on. Mm. Uh, a kind of synchronicity that doesn't really happen ever again with any other ages for the rest no. of the prequels. But um, what age are you meant to be to enjoy uh, Attack of the Clones? I'm not sure. Well, quite. Anyway, um, we'll get to that later. Mm. But uh, yeah, no, I was so into this. And I was just the right age as well to have seen the, was it 97 re-releases of the special yes. editions yeah that's right and i until then all i'd seen was a, a vhs uh, recording off the telly which is a rare thing for star wars films mm. just a return of the jedi mm. so i you know knew uh, by reputation sort of star wars sort of um whispered as sort of pop culture legend what these films were but i'd only seen the final part of the trilogy mm. so i had all the reveals blown for me already of course with uh you know leia is luke's sister darth vader's their dad um, and uh, yoda's I think we their uncle. This before in fact yoda's their uncle yeah. and fanny's your aunt yeah uh fanny bottles uh, yeah. who i assume is a star wars person is that one with uh, a big neck whatever. That's right. <laughs> the one I, he, he gives me anxiety because I worry someone's going to snap his neck by just. I worry about him getting there. off a helicopter. Oh yeah, yeah like in um, Dawn of the Dead. Exactly. Yeah, that's coming clean off. Mm. But yeah, so it's Phantom Menace. I was just the right age when it came out. I saw. I think, if I remember correctly, I think somebody I knew uh, had sort of tickets to see some advanced screening of it as mm. well. Well, I was going to say, Tom um, Crowley, please paint yeah. us a picture of the first time a picture you saw of me Phantom Menace. Well, uh, so not only am I excited to see this film, hmm. not only have I uh, am I just the right age to see it and have I been excited by it, like everyone else with the trailers and things, I was also a consumer of uh, comics and of the Star Wars magazine that hmm. Titan Books was hmm. putting out at that time. So I was sort of saturated in all the hype, all the stuff that was going to come up in this film. Yeah, And it was really sort of, I was so I was young enough and it was set up so perfectly that there was no chance I wasn't going to like this film mm. and I can't remember at what point it turned where it felt like suddenly everyone sort of thought it was terrible but uh, it sort of mystified me as a kid and I you know had a real sense like oh I don't know I liked it I don't care mm. so um, I, I seem to remember and again I have no idea how much of this is me Mandela affecting myself mm. but uh, I seem to recall it being in Leicester Square at uh, one of the huge cinemas in Leicester Square. Some sort of preview screening. Hmm. Uh, I remember I saw um, 
Lizo Mazimba, who was on Newsround at the time, mm. wandering around. So it must have been some sort of advanced press screening. And um, just being having my socks absolutely knocked off. Oh, I imagine. Uh, yeah. It's a haze. And it's, it's swallowed. The experience of actually seeing it for the first time is swallowed up by... Uh, playing the companion video games at friends' mm. houses and mm. uh, pouring over the trailer before the movie and you know all that. Mm. So uh, yeah, the actual experience of it, I just remember being completely swept away with it, like it was the best thing I'd ever seen in my life. Mm. And uh, so that's that was my experience of the film then at the age of eleven. Wow, right. Well, well, I was twenty-two. Yep. And um, how did you find it? Um, I had. I went to the. I remember the, seeing the premiere of the trailer on the Big Breakfast. Oh I'm just my thinking, god! Yeah, you're this right. This is the yes. most exciting thing I've ever seen. Yes. And then a friend and I <clears throat> went to the cinema on the day it came out to buy tickets for the evening with our other friends. Mm. Mm. And when we got there, there was a screening about to start, and it was half empty. So right. we went in and watched it. <laughs> yeah. And um, I had that thing where I came out thinking it was amazing. Yeah. And then I, it's it's like a, it was like a slow roll down a hill with a few days mm-hmm. later I was like actually that wasn't very good but I, yeah, I kept talking it, it, myself into the fact that it was good uh, interesting well it's it's, mm. it's also like you don't want it to be bad because you know this is the thing that occurred to me first on this viewing mm. was finding the film on Disney Plus because you go into the mm. Star Wars section which is prominently displayed and uh, the Star Wars films is the second highest listed category yeah. within Star Wars. Top is Originals, mm. which is, you know, The Mandalorian, something called Young Jedi Adventures, which I think is like a, a cartoon. Yeah. Uh, the Bad Batch, etc. Mm. And Visions 2 that's just come out. And you go, it's so different to when I was a kid. Yeah. And if you liked Star Wars, it was like, firstly, you they were quite stingy with when they released it on home video so you might not even have access to that you might not even be able to watch the films again and um also like you uh, there was no supporting material that wasn't sort of uh you you didn't have films and tv shows you had the odd video game which was still fairly primitive in Mm. in those times and you also had uh books and comics and that was all you had that was it and so now it's like more star wars than anyone can bloody stand yeah absolutely sick of star wars <laughs> put star wars away please now so then yeah you want it to be brilliant because you get the first chance you've had of like a full proper big budget star wars mm. since um uh ewoks return to the forbidden valley or whatever mm. it was called <laughs> since uh, after return of the jedi yeah yeah it was it was an exciting feeling and and yeah well should we talk about it let's talk about it yeah so that's what we're here to do isn't uh. it well, we get the <clears throat> long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, which I remember mm-hmm. everybody screaming and applauding at in the cinema. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then... Uh, but... When that Star Wars goes bang, mm. I mean, like that, I remember that vividly, that sense of the excitement of that in the cinema. Mm. That was incredible. And then uh, I, what I don't remember is then uh, what really struck me this time, where mm. second instance later, you can smell there's trouble at Mill. Yeah. When the first paragraph <laughs> of the text crawl is... Um, you know, turmoil has engulfed the Galactic Republic. Okay, sure. Mm-hmm. And then the second sentence is, the taxation of trade routes is yeah. to outlying star systems is in dispute. Mm. And you go, oh my God, <laughs> this yeah. is... Who, who? When did they settle on this as the real hook on which to hang the entire plot I of mean, this film? You want it to be hairy boob monsters have taken the president prisoner. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Bail Organa has been mm. captured by a Sith Lord that's just a big spider with a massive mono boob yeah. covered in hair. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Brilliant. Great. 
this feels like it was the there were two cuts of the film. One was for excited man, children, and children. The other one was for yes. a convention of accountants. And unfortunately, the convention of accountants version has been released. Exactly. It's sort mm. of like it reads like a pamphlet about Brexit, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, it does. say, like we need to free up our trade routes and mm. you know create more independence from the Galactic Senate. Well, what I don't understand is it says the Supreme Chancellor has. Sorry, I start again. What I don't understand is it says the Supreme mm. Chancellor has secretly sent two Jedi's to sort out a trade dispute. Which is like sending yeah. like your two judo champions to smooth over the China United States <laughs> trade war. Yeah, or like or like a SWAT team to go to the International Monetary Fund and ask for some money. Yeah, <laughs> like, it makes no you sense. might give it to them, but not you know it's not very diplomatic, is it? Especially these two Jedi's, because one is as we mentioned before, wise but mm. well thick, and the other yeah. one's just a bit yep. dopey. He's a little bit dopey, yeah. Although that does make sense, given that he's, you know, still he's on it. He's learning, yeah. you know. But why send those two? Why not send Mace Windu and Yoda? That would make sense. Also, they mm. both are a bit less, uh, like you know, laser sword first, ask questions later, mm. aren't they? But those yeah. two, you feel like they're the real, you know, level heads of the operation. But yeah, so the, the what tra- do you think Yaddle's like? Yaddle, the Lady Yoda, who's oh, glimpsed yeah. in the background. Yeah, she's she think just, she's also level-headed, or she's like fucking nuts. Like what? She just lies around fondling her and Yoda boo boos, <laughs> <laughs> nursing a little Grogu or oh, whatever it might be. Yeah, yeah. No, she's probably out having fun. She's out on the town in Coruscant. Yeah. Oh, dear, oh, having a crazy time getting off her head on tequila slammers or whatever the long time ago equivalent of that is death stick death sticks more on that later uh in a a later film yeah getting off her tits on uh, off her little yoda tits on death sticks Mm. and um yeah getting drunk very quickly because she's only small she is only small she probably she's the opposite of andrew the giant that's right yeah she's the opposite of andrew the giant and chewbacca who could drink han solo under the table that's right he could he could literally pick up han solo and drink him he did, and he did yeah. in several deleted scenes. That's disgusting, awful. Um, so the, the, the <laughs> people driving the spaceship that lands on yes. the uh, Trade Federation donut. Yes, um, that's right. Is Bronagaric Bronagaric? Yeah, I can't speak. Yeah, yeah that's today. right. Spotted her. This yeah. is brilliant. She says, "With all due respect," which I always enjoy as an opening yeah. gambit. With you don't which, need to which say again that. in that accent makes me think, "With all due respect." You're a cunt. Yeah, exactly. You've always been a cunt. <laughs> Nothing's going to change. You'll just be a bigger cunt. Yeah, don't say that. We we haven't met sorry, them yet. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Apologies. Yeah. <laughs> say that after. Say that when we're leaving. All right. Okay. Fair enough. Um. So they drop off the Jedi. The Jedi's go in with a C-3PO looking motherfucker, and this yeah, bit... who is played by Lindsay Duncan. No. Yeah. Is I, lo- it? I, <laughs> I was no looking idea. up some. I was checking for Brona Gallagher. It's like, is that her? And I saw like the first credit after the lead cast is Lindsay Duncan as what is it TC fourteen or whatever. Oh my god, this is just, Lindsay this... Duncan as a C three PO. I tell you, the, the, the sky was black that night, my friend, because all the stars were in the Phantom Menace. That's right, <laughs> and the Nightingale sang in Barclay Square. Yeah, um, so the angels dancing in the Phantom Menace, and you, uh, you had the Rancor place... sang. The Rancor sang. You had the PlayStation in... One game, I take it. Uh, I played the PlayStation One. I think I had it on the PC or something. Okay. But yeah, it's. Um, I went back to it again recently with mm. with the power of emulation. And yeah, it's not very good. That's terrible. But the idea. It was still early 3D games, mm. so it was really like exciting that you could wander around a real like Naboo or Tatooine. Or My biggest takeaway from, from it was its dramatization of this scene in particular, with oh, yeah. the voice acting of, which I've I've clipped. I'll put in here. 
I have a bad feeling about this. Your feelings serve you well, Obi-Wan. But don't let them cloud your judgment. What is your plan, Qui-Gon? When the Trade Federation Viceroy arrives, we must convince him to leave the system. Will they agree to leave? The Viceroy's are cowards. This meeting will be short. Um, that's very fun. Great. Mm. Very compelling. Very compelling. Um, so then, this is a, again an example of what we're dealing with here, because Obi-Wan's first line is, I have a bad feeling about this. That's which, right. Which straight in. Straight drop in. Drop that right away. And then Qui-Gon just goes, I don't sense anything. Yeah, strange that. There's a few <laughs> points like that where they just don't seem to kind of be on the same page and you go surely to show that either of them is yeah. you know strong in the force you suggest that they share some sort of understanding it just says it's quite gone like is he just sort of like the work experience guy like he hasn't he's not actually a jedi i don't he I just mean, got I like think so. got promoted above his station or what he's like one of those people that runs out when the football team's there and one pretends to be the football team to get their photo taken with them he's just put <laughs> yeah. the, the robes on and they just assume he's a jedi I mean, that's all you had to do in, in them days mm. in the Old Republic. Just put a brown cloak on and it was like, oh, shit, watch out for that guy. He's a Jedi. Should we talk about the robes? A lot of people get upset about the robes situation because... Oh, I didn't know about that. Tell me about why they're upset. Well, the fact that um, Uncle Owen is is wearing those robes in oh. A New Hope. So that's kind of like the uniform of a moisture farmer. But for some reason, it's been sort of mutated into that's how Jedi's dress. Right, okay. Because Obi-Wan's so dressed like, like that Star Wars in, clothes. Yeah, Obi-Wan's dressed like in A New Hope, but it makes sense because he's in hiding. But it doesn't make sense yeah. that all Jedi's dressed like that. Oh, that's interesting. You know, I mm. never even put that together. Again, I think because this film came out too early in my life for me to question it. Mm. That's a really good point. Yeah, why aren't they all sort of dressed like um, kind of d- zero AD uh, Jerusalem shepherds? Yeah, I mean, they should be dressed like Luke at the end of Jedi, surely, in their black... Yeah, in the kind of cool mm. yeah, uh, combat gear. Yeah, that would make yeah. more sense. Cool. Though I suppose he's like meant to look a bit sithy. Yeah. Mm. I guess I guess also Qui-Gon's supposed to be a bit of a hippie, isn't he? Yeah, well, well I mean, look at his hair, for God's exactly. sake. He should yeah. be in Woodstock smoking a fatty boom batty and, you know, carousing with some hippie ladies with tentacles coming out of their heads. He should be sitting on, st- on the stage with Joan E. Mitchell... Singing, John E. Mitchell <laughs> singing about Woodstock. Who has a big trunk? Yeah, exactly. yeah. Woods- <laughs> woolly, woolly stock. Oh, yes. And they paved all the Panthers turned into paradise. <laughs> <laughs> I light my lightsaber from both sides now. Oh. Uh, it's different, different. Singer. Everyone was at Space mm. Woodstock. Yeah, that's right. Mm. That's right. I bet even uh, Max Rebo was at Space Woodstock. Max Rebo, yeah, he was in the um, the Pyramid stage. <laughs> it's a bit sad that Max Rebo, his, his, his band is named after him, but the guys from New Hope are just called the Cantina Band. Aren't they called like Figrin Dan or something? Oh, is are it, they? And the Modal Nodes or something? Uh, okay. I mean, they're, no, they're sure. called the Cantina Band, right? This oh, might yeah. be a sort of uh, Wikipedia retconning. Yeah, I think um, it is. A bit like these Jedi robes. And the Jedi Rocks. Yeah, the Jed- Jedi rocks. <laughs> <laughs> that little guy shows you his tonsils. It looks awful. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yes, I remember yeah. that. Yeah, There's a lot brilliant. of that going on in this, actually. <coughs> plenty, plenty. Um, we'll get so, to that as well. So, yeah, Qui-Gon doesn't sense anything. And he says, keep nope, your mind in the now. Uh, and then and Obi-Wan says, it's not about the mission, Master. It's something elusive. 
Mm. And again, Qui-Gon's like, nope, nothing, can't feel anything. But then it is about the mission, isn't it? Because they're about to be murdered. <laughs> yeah. they're about to, they but surely Qui-Gon them. should be picking up on that. And also surely Qui-Gon should be going, uh, surely if anything, he should be thinking something because mm. he's going, oh, I'm about to meet someone important in Anakin. But no, he should do, He should do Zip the classic. Up. Actually, Obi-Wan, can you feel that? And he'll go, what? And he'll go, <laughs> I thought you were going to say like tickle his balls. Oh, like, that would feel be that? funnier. Yeah, feel that. Yeah, that yeah. would be good. That's the that force. That is. That could be a. That's the force. The disturbance Jedi. in the force. I am feeling quite disturbed now. Qui Gon, thank <laughs> you. I'm feeling disturbance in the force very strongly. Um. So he, he he says like in the video game, they're cowards. Negotiations will be short, and they're the cowards. Trade Federation. We cut to them. Who are yes. like? They're what? They're Jedi Knights, I assume. Oh, you said nothing about Jedi Knight. And uh, Pop is there, of yeah, course. Yeah. Uh, Pop's there. How many the, Jedi uh, Knights? The Namoidians. How many trade delegation? <laughs> um, now, the guy playing the main um, Chinese alien, uh, mm. who's called Newt Gunray, yeah. is an actor called Silas Carson, oh. who uh, you may have seen in many things. Like, I've seen him all over telly recently. I think he's sort mm. of someone who, he's gone white in the hair, and it's really helped his sort of castability, so you might recognise him. I'm going to look him up live now. Silas Carson. Okay. Silas Carson, John is searching for Silas Carson. Oh, yeah, 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 I've seen him a lot. Yeah, he was uh, in The Gold recently yes, as one of the coppers. Yes, he was. Oh, wow. Well, good for him. Good for him. Good for him getting to play pop. He's allowed to act now without a big pair of rubbery lips all over his Is he in the costume or is he just doing the, the voice? Do you know, I don't know. He played several characters, which either means he's like a sort of a skin uh, actor, as they mm. call them, people mm-hmm. who wear you know, working costumes mainly, uh, or he just did the voices, but it's not clear. I think okay. he's standing there. I think so. <laughs> okay. We have uh, to ask him. You will have to ask him. We'll have to get him on. Um, Chase so, him down. So they're both too scared to go and speak to these Jedis, and I think if they'd have seen what they're like, they wouldn't have been. No, that's true. That's fair. Well, also, I mean, for, not only because they, they seem to be idiots from mm. what little we've gained so far, but also very soon after this is something I'd never noticed before, where they do a sort of the flash force speed run oh, that is down insane. a corridor, that is insane. Which, which I never even noticed before. It's so quick, mm. but it looks so stupid. <laughs> you, can you think of how many times that would have been useful for the rest of these films? Yeah, it's never seen I again. mean... Yeah. Absolutely. And like that's again, it's one of those sort of weird force powers. Well, we'll talk more about this later, mm. I think, but like one of those weird force powers that works in the context of Star Wars Dark Forces 2 Jedi Knight for the you know MS DOS Windows PC. Lads. That's right. Benidorm <laughs> Lads. <laughs> Benidorm Raid. No, don't cross you can't cross the street. No, you can't cross the street. Can't cross the lightsabers mm. uh with the British gangster films. But like that makes sense when you have a sort of video game where you have a bunch of different powers that you can deploy for the gameplay, but in a film just looks stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Suddenly makes demystifies the uh, the noble Jedi Knights a, well, a bit. Also, they've made these Federation guys by being stupid and cowardly, they've they've triggered uh Qui-Gon because a minute ago he couldn't sense anything. Mm. They send in a droid with drinks that they drink without questioning it, by the way, which could have been poison. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, which is be. insane. And then they haven't get... got poison in Star Wars. Well, John, that's been well established. Oh, they've got worms and stuff. They've got interstellar they? travel, but there's you can't poison things. No. That's, that's impossible. That's true. But then, um, Obi- one of the strange quirks of canon. Obi Wan says to Qui Gon, I sense an unusual amount of fear for a trade dispute. And he goes, That's right. He says, um, 
I, I yeah, sorry, Qui Gon says I sense an unusual amount of fear for anything as trivial as a trade dispute. And if I was over one, I go, hang on a minute. A minute ago, you just said, I said I got a bad feeling about this, and you said shut the fuck up. So where yeah. are, where are we on this? This is this is the manager who just parrots one of his underlings' opinions in a meeting, yeah, as though he, it was his own idea, and everyone, all the sick fans, go, "Yeah, you're right, Qui Gon." Yeah, mm-hmm. like Obi Wan says, "Look, we're really going to have to do more work to target the sort of key uh, fifty to sixty-five demographic," mm. and then just no one responds to that, and then two minutes later, Qui Gon says, "Yeah, I just don't think we're uh, targeting the uh, sixty, the uh, fifty to sixty-five demographic enough," and everyone goes, "Yeah, that's so clever, Qui Gon. Well done, great job. Yeah, this is why you're in charge. What a genius!" And Obi Wan's mm-hmm. left there like fucking chopped liver. Unbelievable. He's thinking, Unbelievable. I hope you get stabbed one day. <laughs> I hope sometime not too long from now you get stabbed right through the stomach. But then um, Darth Sidious appears, who's yes. clearly Ian McDermott as well. It's we Ian McDermott as uh, Senator Palpatine, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's, yeah him. it's him. He turns up and he goes, mm. um, uh, the, the game's up, Sidious, Palpatine, Sidious, whatever your name is. Um, the Jedi's are here. And he goes, get this stunted slime out of my sight. Yes. Uh-huh. He's very, very angry about it. His clearly. name's Clive, actually, and he's my he's my husband. So could you? So could you please show some respect? He's piloting this whole bloody donut. Did you not realise that? It's his birthday. He's in charge today, of the whole thing. And you've called him a stunted slime. I was taking him to uh, to play with his scale electrics in a minute, and now he's crying. I'm very sorry, Clive. I didn't mean to call you a bad name on your birthday. <laughs> it's okay, really. No, he's just he's being nice, but I'm livid. Yeah. Anyway, what do you well, want? I'm sorry, Newt Gunray, leader of the trade delegation. It's a good voice. It's a good. It's, uh, it's, it's a good, good wheeze to get that. Um, to get that job, where you just talk like this mm. for fifty years in every conceivable product. All he, all, Ian McDermott, right? All he has to do is turn up to one of these Star Wars celebrations, which, luckily for him, now they're annually. They're annual. Oh, yeah, they yeah, probably yeah, a few. Year, you know, twenty years ago, they were probably every five years. Yeah, well, I wonder because on the one hand, there's way more of that stuff now. And there's way more money in it. But on the other hand, when there's less of it, the fans are more desperate to connect with it, right? Mm, so mm. could go either way. But I re- saw him recently just walk down stage and went, hello, I'm the emperor. And everyone's like, way <laughs> He must be thinking, this is fucking easy. Mm. Well, I mean, uh, in this film, he walks in, um, you know, as, as both Darth Sidious and... Uh, as Senator Palpatine, and you mm. go, yes, yeah, it's, it's the Emperor, yes. <laughs> obviously. Yes, same fellow. It's weird. It's not clear how they're gauging it. Is it a bit hedging their bets? Like some people are newcomers to Star Wars, they don't know I think that this so, is yeah. the same guy. But then, obviously, for most people watching it, you go, yes, yeah, Emperor Palpatine. I mean, we can't, we should possibly mention just as a sidebar that you mm. remember the hysterical, because uh, obviously the internet was in its infancy. Yeah. There was hysterical fanning going on at this time. Do you remember yes. the people going to... I mean, this happened with the original Star Wars, apparently, but people were going to see a particular film just so they saw the Phantom Menace trailer and then leaving. Oh, yes. No, that was... I remember that very well. But it mm. carried on, didn't it? Because there mm. were other films that happened with that were enormously hyped. Mm. And, I mean, wasn't that true of Avatar, even, or something? I think it like, was, I'm sure yeah. there were. Yeah. And, um, and in a, I mean, it didn't seem that crazy. Blame it on the bellboy. Because now, obviously... What? That happened with Blame it on the bellboy. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, I remember back in back in the day. I mean, um, uh, Carry On Doctor. That was mm. oof, uh, people were lining up outside of um, mm. what was it? It was uh, I'm All Right, Jack, to see the trailer for. That's right. That's right. <laughs> the dates for that won't work out at all. I just had to think no. of a film from roughly that era. But I'd like to have been uh, anyway. one of the. I'd like to talk to one of the people in that. There's a video that everybody always posts. It's the people mm. getting their ticket checked for the first night of the Phantom Menace. So they're going in. 
tickets ripped or whatever, and one of them drops to his knees. Yeah. And is crying because he's about to go off the Phantom Menace. I mean, in hindsight, that's appropriate response. But <laughs> yeah, no. But at the time, excessive, yeah, excessive. If they played the footage backwards, that was him coming out of the <laughs> Phantom Menace. <laughs> There's a secret cut in there that you don't see, where they, mm. in the interim, he's watched it, and uh, then cut to him collapsing and weeping on the floor. But it was huge, you know, and it was it was the end of a century. It was massive, yeah. You know, we're crossing over into the 21st century here. Yeah, I mean, so many uh, big moments as well in film. Like this mm. film, I think, has the first scene ever, first two scenes ever shot on digital film. Yeah. Like straight to digital uh, uh, footage. And, um, you you know, they, it's so good you don't notice. But, mm. uh, yeah, it was unheard of to do that. And only kind of small-time independent films in the 90s were doing that. Yeah. And uh, Lucas moved, you know, pushed for that big um, big shift into digital stuff, which, you know, it's got its uh, pluses and uh, minuses, but mm. it did um, hugely open up uh, digital filmmaking, which is yeah. way more affordable for small-time people. So it did, uh-huh. it did a lot of good, and it uh-huh. also marked a lot of transitions. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, <laughs> in the case of computer-generated effects, uh, some of them have aged better than others. Yeah, like Jar Jar, for instance, which we'll get to in a bit. Mm. I should point out my neighbour has decided at this moment in time to start drilling in the wall, if you can hear that. Okay, well, I, I did hear a, a very distant, dim sound. Yeah, that's uh, great. Do you want to take a pause now? No, nah, it's oh. fine. We'll just plough through. Everyone at home understands. All right, everyone at home. Uh, yeah. So uh, just mm. imagine, just if you hear a sort of whirring sound, just imagine that that's John's prosthetic penis whirring yeah. into action yeah, uh, and uh, <laughs> reaching the appropriate angle for yeah. recording a podcast. It's, it's attempting tumescence. It's attempting, he's attempting re-entry. Yeah. That's relevant, isn't it, Smirchpod? There you go. There you go. Mm. Um, So the Sidious says that they're going to have to start their invasion of Naboo. Yep. Yeah, that's right. And um, so he says... I don't know why Naboo's so important, by the way. No, it makes no sense. No. It it just seems like Amidala is sort of a prominent figure. It's like Jacinda Ardern or something. Mm. You know, like striking. So it's it's the anti-woke trade uh, federation. Yeah, that are coming in to like you know insult uh, Jacinda Ardern, uh, the Queen of Naboo, uh, and in doing so, sort of strike a blow against uh, the wokes uh, worldwide. That's right, because they get I think everything. That's the only way it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they're going to have. This. He says, "What about the Jedi's?" And he says, "Kill them immediately." Kill them. Yeah. So we get the. How do you feel about the Roger Roger droids? Oh, I, I think they're cute. Mm. <laughs> I think it's a weird thing they've done where I think when they start swinging the lightsabers around, you go, oh, very you know, impressive, great gymnastic and uh, choreography. Mm. But then you sort of see a close up of Qui-Gon take one down mm. and you, it's so obviously a computer thing that isn't really there yeah. that it just makes it so much less fun straight away. Yeah. But what they have done is for a family film, mm. they've made them robots so that you can just mow through hordes of them and it doesn't yeah, matter. Exactly. <laughs> like, it's fine. They're not real. It's fine. I think, all. But I think they're they're mm. very cute, but it's weird that your sort of your cannon fodder villain is so very cute. Mm. Yeah, there's a cute little video actually of because uh, I don't know if anyone's ever watched it, but there's a behind the scenes documentary from the Phantom Menace, mm. which you know George Lucas gets a lot of jip, and I think with the, through the benefit of time, people can see that mm. he meant well, obviously. Yes. Um, but the, um, the, he let this documentary go out, and it's very frank. Oh, really? It's very honest. And there's bits, there's bits in it where he's, I mean, famously, people always post the clip where he says, when they watch the first screening of him going, yeah, I think I went too far. 
I may have gone too far in a few places. And yeah. He looks quite annoyed about it. Um, but yeah, in that little video, he shows he, Steven Spielberg visits the set, which was the old Rolls-Royce factory in Leavesden, Watford. Oh, wow. Uh, cool. They also filmed Goldeneye. And he's walking around mm. on the soundstage outside and showing Steven Spielberg all the Roger Roger droids, which is quite cute. Oh, that's nice. I need to watch that properly. I've mm. seen various clips here and there. Mm. Like there's a very famous one, I think, where um, Lucas comes in and it's just like a little office. It looks mm-hmm. so mundane. It looks mm. like The Office, the American yeah, person. Yeah. And uh, at Skywalker Ranch or wherever. Mm. And he, he comes out and there's just a sort of PA or a, you know somebody sat, a lady sat at a desk. And uh, he goes, that's the first draft done. And just drops mm. this sort of phone book looking thing yeah. on the uh, on the desk. And she goes, yay. Just like a little, like you would if someone said, oh, I got the quarterly report done. It's, it's like <laughs> he's coming and gone, I done poo-poo. <laughs> <laughs> yay. I done poo-poo all by myself. <laughs> yay. <laughs> and then he, he drops this script down. And he says like, you know, there's some filler in there. There's a lot of, you know, they fight. Mm. <laughs> and then you go like, I'd be fascinated to see that first draft. And go like, what's this? You know, well, it looks so long as well. There's that footage of him in 1994, yeah. dropping off his kids at school. It might have meant mm. a poo. I don't know. But he says, I've just dropped the kids off. At <laughs> I just school. dropped off my kids at school. <laughs> and he goes by into myself. His, he goes, <laughs> yay! <laughs> he goes into his little. Um, I want to say shed, but it's not really. It's a big thing at the back of his house. Sits down Is that Roald Dahl's um, little writing yeah, shed sort with of. the little wooden board across his lap? That's right, and the beer mats for some reason. That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah, and um, yeah, he gets out a little um, journalist notepad. Some sh- he sharpens mm-hmm. his pencils and he sits down and starts literally handwriting the script of Phantom Menace. Episode yeah. three, one. one. The hmm. looks around the room and there's a ghost uh, looking at him. <laughs> Um, Phantom. Phantom. <laughs> Looks next to him. And then him. a picture of Dennis the Menace. Uh, <laughs> Menace. <laughs> <laughs> now, what could that be? And I'm imagining uh, the ghost is just a sheet with the eyes cut out. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, and he, then he's going like, okay, who's mm. going to be the bad guy? And outside, his gardener it falls over uh, and his head goes into a big sort of thorny bush. And he stands up. He's bald. Yeah. He stands up and there's rivers of blood sort of running down his face. And he's got a kind of crown of thorns like mm. Jesus. And he goes, perfect. And just uh, Jesus Christ Maul. is the bad guy. <laughs> I mean, Darth Maul. Jesus Christ. It'd be amazing, wouldn't it, if Lucas, mm. having sold Star Wars, suddenly said like, oh, it's a, a satanic tract. Mm. It's all about uh, over <laughs> the uh, evil empire is uh, Christ's uh, profane Christianity, and mm. the Jedi are actually Satanists, uh, and of course the Sith represent uh, the Pope and all of his cardinals. He'd be like, "Wow, we wow. never saw any of that coming!" My and God! And every time he's interviewed, he's dressed like a proper emo. Yeah, his mm. big sort of uh, floppy black hair like, yeah. over his half his face. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, the, the the new emo reinvention of George Lucas. I'm I'm well here for it. Have you ever seen that uh, that clip of someone just filming themselves in San Francisco doing a documentary, and George Lucas just walks in the background of his shot? Uh, no, he's just out sort of doing being a little old man walking around town. Oh. He just bumbles through the back of the shot, looks at the camera once, then walks past. Walking like he does, like a, I always find George Lucas, Lucas walks like the uh, big, the Gimli Patterson footage of the Bigfoot. Yeah, so a bit yeah. of a lumber to him. Is he quite tall? I think so. Yeah, 
Well, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Anyway, well, we've got a, we've got an eyewitness later to share some we wisdom will. on that. So we will. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. But we'll come to that. We'll come back to, to that. the film. Um, they back kill the film. loads of the um, droids, and then, Robos, as you say, yep. they send the droid dickheads. And <laughs> <laughs> send in the droid dickheads, <laughs> and that's when they run at three point eight million miles an hour. Yep, that's right. Yeah, not sure Correct. why. Never do it again. No, never do it again. Zoom, off they go. Uh, also, really good time to show off your main characters. Have them uh, run away really fast, like mm. almost with Hanna Barbera sort of sounds underneath them. Feet don't fail me now. Feet don't fail me now. And then he says, "They're no match for droid dickheads." How many droid dickheads? Two droid dickheads. Two droid dickheads. And then they are a match for them, right? They just are. They do fine. And then he says, um, well, it's an invasion army. We better split up. They're going to Naboo. Uh, And then everyone should say, why are we splitting up? Yeah, I mean, also you could say, why why are we going down here? I mean, I I don't really understand. The the first 20, 30 minutes of this film are really strange. And I feel like they only make sense if you understand them as... Hello, it's Star Wars. Star mm. Wars is different now. It's more, it's sort of more colourful. There's this old republic going on, mm. and we've also got loads more money, and we've got computer effects. So we're going to take you on a roller coaster ride of all this different stuff we can do now. Now that we've got more effects and more cash, but with and no it, and charismatic. It just otherwise, yeah, no, absolutely no charisma, and yeah. the effects now look dreadful. But like, yeah. yeah, that's the only way any of this makes sense. Why yeah. are they splitting up? Why does Qui Gon end up in a, a forest full of like weird animals and yeah. and a, a comical side character who adds nothing to oh, the story God, in no. any way? We need to get into uh, that soon. Yeah, because it, it bothers will. me because they're they're I can't speak today. They're presumably okay. going down on um. They're presumably going down on each other. Little, no, what? no, not like that. On Sorry. the little spaceships that are landing on the planet, right? So one could land in like yeah, John Groats. The other one could land yeah. and lands end. Yeah, Naboo's end. Your booze end, yeah. 
which is Frankie Howard's a groats. Yeah. Yeah, and the, yeah, that's right. Oh, the cowards, yeah. Don't. Jar Jar is a bit simple. Don't. Um, <laughs> don't. Yeah, they could be like hundreds <laughs> of fucking miles away from each other, so it makes no sense that they split up. Yeah, I mean, why would they? And, yeah. you know, I suppose it's sort of if you go, oh, well, they can't take us both down so easily if we are on these little nippy things. But you don't even really, I don't remember seeing the ships they get in no. or how they get off the ship, really. They just no. suddenly turn up in a weird forest. As you say, he turns up oddballs. in a weird forest full of really badly rendered animals. Yes, comical side animals, yeah. And he and Jar Jar Binks, and I think it was a deleted scene of him just sitting there eating, but he sees him... And he's like, get down, and Jar Jar's like, I don't understand what you mean, even though there's this big ship coming towards me. Yeah, it's also really strange because you... <laughs> so um, you have a... So Jar Jar's just stood there in the middle of this forest, and everything else there is just sort of fauna. It's just wildlife. Mm. Uh, and then there's this fish man standing <laughs> there clothed, just in the middle of this yeah. forest. What was and he doing there? And it's all a bit like... Where, yeah, and without any sort of introduction of like, here he is just hanging out doing his thing and like, oh, there's a rumble and he goes and investigates it. It is just like, mm. the fuck is this? What's yeah. going on? Where it does feel like something's been chopped out, doesn't it? Like a established it really does, scene's yeah. gone. Several oh, also, scenes. I mean, I mean, yeah. I'm not saying in... the film should be longer, but... Oh, God, no. But before we get into Jar Jar, I want to talk about the man from Naboo who talks in reggae. Who talks in reggae. He talks, oh, talks exclusively in, in reggae. Like, if you were to dub him with a Jamaican accent, it would be much right. better because Queen, Queen Amidala is trying to talk to them uh, down on That's Naboo. Right. Communication goes and he goes, communication disruption can mean only one thing, invasion. And then he says, negotiation, we've lost all communications. <laughs> so I'm like, was communication disruption can mean <laughs> only one thing, invasion. And, negotiation. And queen, Ion, Zion. <laughs> um, Jar bless. No, we lost so all that, communication. That man, Mm. That man is yeah. Oliver Ford Davis, yes. a veteran screen stage actor in the UK, mm. playing the amusingly named C.O. Bibble. <laughs> and I have a story about Oliver Ford Davis, Please. John, which mm. I think is relevant. Mm. So I went to the University of York mm. and uh, they had a good relationship with Oliver Ford Davis uh, through some contacts in the sort of uh, media studies department I was in. Mm. And um, he came and did a talk for all of us aspiring you know, actors and uh, theatricals. And he was absolutely lovely. Mm. And um, a friend of mine, uh, who's the actor Chris York, uh, mm. recommended to all casting directors and people who like meeting nice guys. Mm. Uh, Chris York was there. And uh, Chris was absolutely buzzing that we had someone from The Phantom Menace coming right. to do a talk. It was charged And on. he'd been sort of... Uh, yeah, well, exactly. Mm. But he was he was absolutely buzzing about it, and he kept sort of talking to the tutors and the other students. Going like, "Oh, Brett, I'm going to I'm going to ask him about uh, Phantom Menace and uh, what it was like, mm. you know, working with Jar Jar Binks and all that." And uh, it was sort of as a joke, you know. But uh, so we do this talk, and OFD is telling all of his stories about you know the stage and various mm. different sort of television adventures. And uh, it's time for questions. And Chris, you know, I think out of respect for this uh, veteran actor, keeps his hand down. Yeah. Uh, there's a bit of silence, and then uh, Oliver Ford Davis goes. I understand someone here wanted to ask me about Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> and I just loved. I'll always remember how he said it like Jar Jar Gabor, firstly. Mm, mm. And um, and then the really nice thing was that he just it was very sort of sweet about him, about Ahmed Best. Uh, he was just saying, it's funny, uh, the, the character, Jar Jar Binks, because, <laughs> you know, the young man that played him, it was so funny on set. We had a great time. It was really fun working with him. It really made us laugh. But mm. then you put the computer stuff on it. It just doesn't work for some reason. So mm. there he was. He was being very generous to, to poor Aww, Ahmed Best. Poor, poor, mm. poor, poor, poor Ahmed had his uh, redemption this year, didn't he? 
He did, yeah. He got to play a, a Jedi, right? Yes, in The Mandalorian. Good for yeah. him. Good for Lovely. him. Well, there you go. That's that's one for the fans. That's, that must Jar-Jar have been nice for him Binks. after probably nearly two decades of constant abuse. Yeah, opprobrium, yeah, constantly from all quarters. Yeah, All quarters. Him and Jake. The uh, ruining Jake Star Lloyd. Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, at least you got to meet the reggae man. Reggae man. Uh, mm. Iron Lion Zion. Yeah. Jar Jar Binks. For the nation. Negotiation. We lost all communication. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very so, boring reggae song. Let's get to uh, it. Qui-Gon yeah, yeah. rescues Jar Jar Binks. Yep. Uh-huh. Um, I, I just put here Jar Jar was a real roll of the dice wasn't he like they've put everything in on Jar Jar they've gone all it, in on Jar Jar and it immediately just, doesn't work thought. yeah yep straight away mm-hmm. uh, l- annoying looks bad mm-hmm. uh, unfunny mm. uh, weird design that doesn't feel very Star Wars-y yeah um, we're <laughs> This is our first Star Wars film back in in twenty years. Mm. We've got to throw everything at this thing, yeah. and what we're going to throw at it is Jar Jar Binks. Jar Jar Binks. Jar Jar Binks. And as I say, inf- internet in the infancy, but you couldn't move for what we didn't know at the time were called memes. Yes, of true. Jar Jar Binks being murdered in various ways. Oh yeah, uh, animated uh, things, uh, little cartoons. Yeah, fan art. I saw yeah. a little video of the bit from Pulp Fiction where he accidentally shoots Marvin, but it's Jar Jar Binks, and everyone's happy. Yeah, it's no, that's horrible. the sort of thing that would happen. Yeah, yeah. indeed. But you know, it was shit. So I don't know what they were expecting. <laughs> it is hard to get around now, mm. in hindsight, how shit it is. Mm. I mean, you know, it's uh, again, as I say, uh, according to Oliver Ford Davis, great fun on on location. Sure. People going, this is going to be great, and mm. then it just didn't work because no. it doesn't. No. No. Um, but he says, and, he's and got we meet such... a bunch more Jar Jar Binks in a second, well, don't we? we? Do. Moving on to uh, Gungan City. I also like that every now and then from this point onwards, you can notice the reshoots because suddenly Obi-Wan Kenobi's wearing the worst wig I've ever seen in my life. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So I a, didn't even spot this. Yeah, the first one you see is the bit where <clears throat> uh, Jar Jar says, I know the way, follow me when they go into the water. And mm. Obi-Wan ducks to avoid his ears when they swing round. Oh, uh, yes, he's right, got, yes. Like, he looks like, do you remember Dick Embry when he did that character that was a skinhead? Like, I've done it wrong again, Dad. Oh, right. He looks like that. <laughs> okay. That yeah, bad. okay, yeah. I was thinking of that episode of, um, I think it's the last series of Frasier, mm. where they've done this very high concept episode that goes through every single series of Frasier. Mm. And uh, and it's like, what a great idea, brilliant. It's really well plotted, and it's a really well structured episode, except they forgot that um, the actors used to have different hair. So right. <laughs> they're like, oh, we haven't put any budget in for the wig. So it's like they went to like a costume shop at the last minute. Jeez. And, uh, you know, Niles looks like he's wearing... A sort of bizarre, uh, kind of like Jason Donovan wig or something to play Christ. himself as a younger man. Uh, yeah, it looks like that. Anyway, that's like that. Yeah. So they're gonna go. He basically says um, this invasion is gonna fucking neighbors are banging on the walls now. Oh, you know, fantastic. That's just John's um, robo penis fully yeah. uh, worked up to a working state now and just tapping gently the underside of of the desk. Perfectly normal. Nothing wrong with that. Very normal, very normal for a podcast recording. Um, so he says, uh, you hear that sound? That's a sound of a thousand things. They will blast you into dust and grind you into oblivion. Mm. Now, don't, don't promise me a good time. <laughs> um, and he says, right, well, me with a good time. there's an underwater city. Uh, I can take you there. And then actually he goes, actually, I can't. Yeah, he suggests it, then immediately retracts it. Again, great. Not just an annoying character, an mm. annoying uh, way for a character's logic to work. Annoying way for it to affect the story. So they go to the Gungan underwater city. 
That's right. I quite like this bit. It's nice music. I tell you what, John Williams brings his A-plus game to this film. Oh, he absolutely does. I was thinking mm. this is a huge leap ahead, but I was just thinking this morning about the first thing that came back into my mind, thinking mm. about talking about this film, was how good that end parade music is. Yeah. That it takes us like, bam, 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 into the end credits. Mm. And that's fantastic. Yeah, and Jewel like, of the really, Fates, really of course. amazing. Of course, Jewel of the Fates, yeah, huge yeah. one. That's, yeah, the, the big one, never remembers. Oh, amazing. Um, so they go through, and then in the underwater city, there's another Gungan who says... Cha-cha, you in big doo-doo now? That's right. Do you know who he is? No, who? Steve Spears. Steve Spears? Why do I know that name? Welsh actor Steve Spears. Fantastic actor. He's in everything. Oh, hang on. He's is the uh, one I'm best thinking? known recently for creating the sitcom The Tuckers, which oh has just ended Oh, my God. Ex- yes, I know him from yep. Extras. That's right. Yes, he's in Extras as well. That's him. That's Steve Spears. Wow. That's interesting. On that space chicken horse. You in big doo-doo now, Cha-cha. <laughs> How many am I for the <laughs> And yeah, so Steve Spears is there, and he's like, "All right, bad Jar Jar, they seen you. Oh, Jar Jar, you're in big trouble now, boy. Oh, yeah." Um, and they go and meet Boss Nas. Now, do you know who voiced Boss Nas? I certainly do, because he sounds exactly like yeah. him. Yeah, it's That's... Brian Blessed, boys Joe and Pasquale, girls. Isn't it? What? It's Joe Pasquale. <laughs> yeah, Brian Blessed doing that thing, which you know yeah, he did. Must you know without captured. being asked to? Yeah, that's right. Mm. In the motion captured his jowls, little mm. white dots just on the jowls to, yeah. to get that right. Now, um, apparently, um, Jar Jar's in trouble down there because he is clumsy. Yeah, he's an idiot, yeah, apparently. He flew two planes into two towers. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> there was no call for that. <laughs> whatsoever how or I've got so many questions so they had a parallel September the 11th on Naboo they had planes not star- starships planes yeah. yeah and Jar Jar Binks somehow piloted both of them one after the other yeah just okay by accident well that would at least I is what you call uh, clumsy <laughs> That was at the I'm trial. You killed thousands went, this of isn't people. An you indeed do do it now. I said to him. <laughs> the second tower came down. <laughs> you indeed do do now. How wooed, he said in oh, reaction. I, my message throughout this entire film is to him, stop trying to make how rude happened. I know. It's not going to happen. Guys, come on, please, please. Uh, anyway, so... Ah, uh, the timeless catchphrase. He yeah. um, he says he's in big trouble, and then Qui-Gon yeah. goes, um, well, you will help me, and does the old Jedi mind trick. The old Jedi mind which only works on um, fat blokes in positions of authority. It That's seems. right, yeah, and, and people have got an octopus on the red. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he says, oh, no, it work. doesn't work on Jabba. Oh, my God. I'm, no, it I'm doesn't completely... work on Jabba. It works on Bib Fortuna. Bib Fortuna, mm. who says, Hello. Is there someone there? Yeah, I can assure you, this isn't the anyway, least bit so amusing. Your Jedi mind tricks are not in the least bit amusing. Anyway, sorry, that's a different. He several meets Hans and everyone afterwards and says, "You blew up the sail barge. You've made Jar Jar. You've made Jabba's family widows and orphans." Yes. That's right. The the ghost of Bib Fortuna. That's right. Uh, anyway, so it, it yeah. doesn't work on Jabba, but it does work on Boss Nass, who promises to give Qui Gon uh, Una Bonko. I thought he said Umbong. And- I'll give you some Umbongo. Give you some bongo. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's promising him a bongo, and Qui-Gon uh, goes, oh, you're all right, mate. Sorry, no offence. I'm just, I'm not yeah. into it. I'm just, you know, dinner yeah. maybe, but not that. Mm. Yeah, buy, a, buy me a drink first. Buy me yeah. some blue milk first, and yeah. then we'll talk. 
Uh, but yeah, so he, 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 before, as they're about to leave, uh, Jar Jar's going to be executed by the sounds of it from, for, for, you know, doing an atrocity. Yeah. And Qui-Gon's like, like, tell you what, we'll have him as well. Because he's, I mm-hmm. saved his life, so he owes me what you call a life debt. A life debt. When did he find out about the life debt? Just then. From this culture he's just discovered for the first time. Yeah. He read it on the uh, instructions on the way in. He read it on Wikipedia. He did. Yeah. (laughs) Give me a a second, Obi-Wan. Let me just check out who these guys are. He checked the label on the Jar Jar. Oh. Oh. And the expiry date. Three years ago. Yeah. Three years. Yeah. No. Gone Would right have been off. funny in 1967. Oh dear. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> um, so he's like, ah, oh, be, be gone with you. So yep. they they go through the planet go. The planet go. How? I mean, if there's a pop in this film, it is Boss yeah, Nass, it isn't is. it? Like, yeah. let's be honest. Eating his noodles with his pants around his ankles. With his robes, yeah, spread mm. open. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Mm. Um, the planet's core. Is probably one of the one of the good bits in the film with lots of like icky big monsters, which is always fun for yep. kids. This is what I imagine Avatar: The Way of Water is like, but just yeah. for three hours. Yeah, I think it is. Am I right? I, mean, I haven't seen it. I'm not seen it. That's... Not interested. No. Okay. Neither no. of us. Are... So we both like films, and neither of us has decided to see Avatar: The Way of Water. Yeah. Does that say something? I think it does, because everyone I've met who's actually seen it, which is not that very many, mm. I say, "What was it like?" And they always, to a uniform effect, go, "It's all right." Right. No one says, wow, it was just amazing. Okay, it's all right. And nobody goes, oh, it's appalling. No, they just go, it's all right. Yeah. Some things are all right, aren't they? They're just yeah. okay. Yeah. Like going through the planet core. The planet core, which is fine in the end. It's absolutely mm. fine. Mm. Because there's always a bigger fish. Always. You know what? I always think that when I'm pulling out of, when I'm waiting at a junction in my car and there's lots of cars, Yeah. there's a gap and I always think there's always a bigger fish. <laughs> does that make yeah. me mentally well, it's, it's, ill just asking i think i think it does yeah. i mean I, I would ask i would suggest you consult an expert not me yeah. but yeah. you know if it, i would suggest you you speak to a doctor i think who lives it, in the planet god the planet god one of those fish is a doctor they don't go into it no but, it's um, the one with the arms right uh, that's right, yeah, because he can write the prescriptions. That's right, and his handwriting's um, very yeah. bad, so that makes sense. Oh, it's terrible. I mean, mm. have you seen the sort of state of his flippers on the? Yeah, well, he has to write funny. on a tiny, teeny notepad. Yeah, for it to be right. human size. And then size. the water gets to it, and then all the writing's blurred and you know, well, and ink all. Someone bought him one of those pens where it works underwater, but of course the pad doesn't. The pad gets all wet. No, of course, it's just still yeah. paper, isn't it? That's yeah. the issue. Mm. That's the issue. Uh, there's always a bigger fish. Really stays in my memory mm. as like it's because it does linger mm. for moments like when you're pulling into traffic or, or whatever yeah. it is, uh, or you see you know a bigger animal eat a, a smaller animal, animal. Sm- a smaller one. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but it's also uh, said as though it has some greater meaning. Yeah, and I would posit that it does not. <laughs> it does not. No, have any greater meaning. Again, it speaks to the character of Qui Gon Jinn because it yes. in a minute so they say to him, "Where are we going?" and he goes, "Don't worry, the Force will guide us." In other words, I've no idea. Yeah, no. <laughs> all the appearance of wisdom, but yeah. none of the substance at all. It's like when you say, "What are we eating for dinner tonight, Dad?" and he says, "Don't worry, God will provide for us." God will provide. You In go, other right, words, so I'm, I better have... go out and go to McDonald's or something. Yeah, or we, or or we haven't got me. anything. Yeah, we got. There's nothing. We're, yeah. We we couldn't afford dinner. Yeah. So oh the invasion starts. Yeah. Beautiful. Another lovely yeah. theme. Love it. Amidala's dress, uh, the famous red one. Stupid, uh, it has little amber 
pods around mm. the hem. One one of the stupid things about it is it has little amber pods. And I reckon, right, mm. they're full of mosquitoes, yeah. which at some point drank Amidala's blood mm. so that InGen can clone her later Perfect. if uh, she needs more more handmaidens. So in, in what you're positing is in future, if, if there is a John Hammond on Naboo, yeah, exactly. he'll have one of if them on the end of his cane. Genetics. That's right. And mm. then there'd be a little tour where Danny DNA, mm-hmm. or whatever his name was, mm-hmm. uh, tells us all about how this is where we get our Queen Amidala's from. And there's just always the same Queen Amidala's on the throne. Did you going, say you oh, have a Queen Amidala? Yes, we yeah. have a Queen Amidala. They have a, we have a Queen Amidala. Well, that's all we've got. And then there's a giant field, you know, uh, they pull the car up, Sam Neill leaps out, he's going, <gasps> and then you know, he grabs Laura Dern's head, turns it round to the right, uh, direction and then they look over and it's just Queen Amidala stood yeah. in the field stood in the field yeah. on her own yeah waves she waves eventually acting very badly <laughs> doing a strange uh, Amidala on, on off, herself seems to yeah, yeah. She, she so Padme obviously she can just sort of be a person mm. and that's a little bit uh, easier but mm. Amidala herself has a strange it's like you know Elizabeth Holmes the yeah. Theranos uh, fraudster it's like she's learned a sort of statesmanly, like, uh, what if you could test for midichlorians with a single drop of blood? And it's like, mm. that's what Amidala does when she's in, in the cosy, you know, yeah. being the queen. Mm. And, you know, it's like, oh, I would like to speak to the trade delegation from... Yeah, it's all like that. It's very odd. And strangely, like, an accent that is hard to place because I think it's just dignified yeah. is the accent in question. So, yeah, very strange. Uh, so, <clears throat> but when she is captured as the queen... You know, mm. for years and 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 years, yes, I didn't realise that Kira Knightley was playing her as the Queen for a bit. Well, it's she does look like her, and yeah. it's really nicely done. And all the extreme makeup means it distracts you just enough. This time mm. I could sort of see it, but I think that's mainly because Kira Knightley is a lot more famous now. Yeah, <laughs> so you exactly. identify her more readily. Mm. But yeah, so she's she's captured, um, and then the Jedi and Jar Jar. Yes. There's a really cool bit here, and it kind of sums up Jar Jar's character, that the yes. Jedi's leap down from this, this sort of rooftop bit to yeah. take out all of the droids, and, and the music starts. And Jar Jar just kind of falls out like a fat man out of a window and lands on the floor. <laughs> like, like, why Uncle is Vernon he here? Out of a window. You're yeah. undercutting your excitement by having this big floppy idiot in the background. Yeah, that's right, indeed, and it's. I think that's a problem that this film has generally. I mean, famously, the the spoilers, you know, mm. heroic death of Qui Gon Jinn is is uh, interspliced with um, very, uh, you know, enormous battle scale physical comedy from mm. Jar Jar Binks that's and the right. rest of the Gungans. Yeah, yeah it's it's a strange strange juggling of of tone. Very very odd. It makes you wonder. I always like the look of Naboo though, and I yeah. like the sort of um, the weird sort of chauffeur outfits that the Queen's Guard has, mm. and it's like everything is very streamlined and narrow uh, a lot of the time, especially these days with science fiction design. Mm. But Naboo looks like sort of an Art Nouveau painting, and I really like how bright and colourful all that stuff is. Yeah, I don't really feel like we get any sense of what Naboo is like as a place though. No. <laughs> like no. so, I don't. I never quite understand the stakes of like, oh no, this. Um, Museum, I think, mm. might be uh, have trade sanctions put on it. It's not very clear. Not what, really you know. clear what they do or what they provide as an industry. That's indeed, indeed. What, it would what make is sense if they like had if some sort of yeah, if they had some sort of precious, like I don't know, spice. Or yeah, something. yeah. It would make more or a sense. thing they made that only they could make mm. that was a particularly. They make the lasers that come out of 
That's right. Yeah, mm. yeah. They make a really beautiful royal costuming. That's what they, I think. Mm. That must be what Co Bibble is. He's like the galaxy's greatest royal costumer. Yeah, I think he is. And yeah, and that's Come why he's and so valuable. costumes. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, an invasion. Um, <laughs> um, now this is one of my favourite bits. They rescue Amidalia, and your man who went did the lectures. What's he called? Bibble. He, he turns yeah, to Qui Gon. Yeah. He to, turns to Qui Gon. Goes, your negotiations have failed. Then and Qui Gon's like, they never took place, cunt. <laughs> All right, shut up. <laughs> you fucked up, didn't you? Yeah. All right, mate. I've just gone in space and that. You've just been sat here making more delicious dresses. Been sat here doing fucking absolutely sensational royal headdresses. Doing a, a duet with UB40. That's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Talking about the rat in the kitchen and you know. Oh, I tell you what, you're going to do. Get rid of it, do. idiot. Yeah, get rid of get rid of you as well. Yeah, wasting all this bloody money. <sighs> this is the problem. This is the reason the droids are taking over so easily. You spent all the bloody Queen's resources on making more and more elaborate dresses. You spent you, you spent the defence budget on a load of doobies. <laughs> Doobies and gold lame. Unbelievable. <laughs> Getting baked out of your mind. What if she had like a massive hair <laughs> helmet? <laughs> what if she had two giant door sort of door pulls or the things you call a butler yeah. on on either side of her head? <laughs> what if okay, my concept for the next one is <clears throat> Ming Dynasty Yak. That's the that's the pitch. <clears throat> Japanese meets CNA. That's what we're looking for. Yeah. That's right. Um, furniture. Furniture, but for your head. So they get to the... Um, he, he goes, we've got to get to a ship. They get to the hangar, kill the robots within about, what, three seconds? Seconds, yeah. No, yeah. no problem. Get on the ship, fly off, take away. Ralph Brown turns up. Yeah, yeah. Danny from Withnail and I. Yeah. He's um, getting baked with uh, C.O. Bibble, oh, the reggae superstar of Naboo. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of sounds like a reggae name as well, doesn't it? Naboo, yeah. No, no, C.O. Bibble. <laughs> oh, C.O. Bibble, C.O. Yeah, Bibble right. and Pato Banton. C.O. Bibble, he, he have a dribble uh, yeah. on, and a quibble. Yeah. Invasion. For the nation, yeah. Communication. <laughs> this has really tickled you, hasn't it? It has. Uh, it made me laugh. I just kept thinking about him saying it in a Jamaican accent. For the nation. Yeah. It's just really bad dialogue. Um, it's very like yeah. if anyone who checked that would go this is going to sound weird coming yeah. out of someone's mouth you can't have two words in the same sentence that rhyme no it just, no, it's, it's, be it's distracting it? yeah yeah. Um, yeah. so they get through the federation blockade in inverted commas yep. which, uh, by having lots of droids go out and fix the shield sure uh, and R2-D2 fixes it why is, why is yep. R2-D2 and C-3PO in this film I don't know it I think it's no this sense. thing of the whole the whole pitch for all three films is where did this thing come from? Mm. Find out. And then I think that's just the first appearance of that. Really weird that Anakin built C-3PO. It makes very, very no sense. And this makes much more sense for R2. He's just another yeah. droid servicing planes, but he just manages to do one particularly brave thing. And you go, oh, what a brilliant, brave little droid. He gets you an go, yep, award. That's fine. What about a funeral Valid. for the ones who died? No, fuck them. They're not important. No, fuck them.
When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.